He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a rat. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 44 of A Good Talk Spoiled. I'm James Richardson. I'm delighted to say this week we have the full complement with us. Bobby, hey Bobby. Hey James, how's it going? Barry, you're with us as well. I am, yep. How's it going? Again, this week we have Alan over from uh, Sweden. Hey Alan. Hi lads. Um, if anybody has any comments about this week or any other week, please get in touch. Um, the Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS and our email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Thanks for all the feedback during the last week and we certainly would love to hear from you if there's any items you'd like us to cover in the weeks ahead. So I suppose starting where we always kind of start, we're going to have a quick look at the news items this week and I suppose there's no bigger story this week than Ted Bishop, the US PGA Tour President of America was sacked or impeached, I think they call it over there, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, for his comments about Ian Poulter only 29 days before he was to leave his position as the Tour of America President. Is this blown way out of proportion or is this justified, Bobby? I think it is. I think it's, uh, it's ridiculous. I, I, people are saying, came out, I think Poulter obviously started it off by saying, Oh, you know, uh, you're saying I'm, you know, is, is a little girl being some sort of inferior thing? And he started it off basically to get him in trouble and put him, basically labeled him as a sexist. And it kind of ran from there. And I just think it's just, it's just totally ridiculous. This guy has been working for, for free. He doesn't get paid by the PGA in his role. And I imagine that all the work he's done in, in term, in his term as president of PGA America surely has to outweigh what negativities come from this comment and to be honest if they got half the comments that a lot of the the officials in the PGA or even all the players on the PGA Tour were saying to each other in terms of the trash talk going on there'd be nobody left on the tour you know I I just think I think it's complete overreaction and this all I suppose centres around kind of the comments about Poulter made about Nick Faldo and Sergio that's Mm. kind of where it all started and and Ted Bishop has come out in kind of defense of Tom Watson, and it kind of escalated out of that. And actually, I saw him on Golf Center. He he was actually at the uh, you know Faldo's competition that he had the Faldo series with all the kids. Oh yeah. So he was actually there as a representative of the PGA. So I kind of think that he felt a bit of loyalty to Faldo when he was there, which is fair enough. That's 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 understandable, you know. And um. I think that highlights, A, first of all, the good work that Faldo does in, in his competition, but as well, your man is there supporting boys and girls in the competition. So I, I think I think it's OTT. Like, had he come out and given an apology as opposed to having to fire him? And I, I, I think, Barry, you were saying as well that isn't he going to get stripped of a load of stuff from the past? He's not going to get recognised or something. Yeah, I mean, there's a great... Actually, I'm going to put this up on our Twitter feed. It's a brilliant uh, article that kind of gives it the, the inside scoop on the whole thing. He he wasn't even allowed to give an apology himself. The PGA um, scripted an apology, released it, which, uh, by all accounts, wasn't even an apology. It was very insincere, and it kind of got even a worse reaction from the public. Um, since then, he's been allowed to give out his own apology. 
But um, the, the early reports that he wouldn't be recognised in the history of the PGA as their president seemed to be incorrect. Oh, okay. Um, That's okay. Yeah, that seemed to be a crazy game. James, sorry there? Well, I, I just think this is, you know, typical Americanism gone mad. Um, I, uh, sorry in advance to all our American listeners. Well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> it's, 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 they agree with this. Yeah, it's yeah, madness. Yeah. Like, one little comment. But you see, this kind of, it, it all starts back kind of with the NFL. I think this year, particularly with the... Uh, with the, the the commissioner and the Ray Rice handling, you know this is the USPGA now getting really uppity at the fact that up in the government side of things in America they were saying, oh geez, the NFL commissioner hasn't held this, you know, women's rights and blah blah blah. And I think this is just another fallout. It's it's gone way too far. Like it was an off the cuff comment, an apology was sufficient, and he had twenty nine days left before he was leaving anyway. Like I, w- I would a point. I would actually more think that the PGA are taking a stance on this. I wouldn't say less because of the kind of stuff that's gone on in the NFL, but more because golf has problems in the long run in terms of sexism. You know, when you look at the RNA only voting in women, I, I would think more that there is a view that it's quite a sexist but sure, they game. But they kept out women out of the Masters, you know, out of Augusta yeah. for long enough. Like, it's not like it's, it's, it's a moving tanker that has made a complete 180 and now well, welcoming I, I, them in. I think there has been a good bit of movement on it recently, and I think that's why the whole sexist sexism and sexist ink within golf, I think it's very sensitive to the PGA and I think that's why they took it came in and took Swift actually oh, this is madness like Bishop was one of the guys who supported women in the RNA I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's just he's getting it's the punishment doesn't fit the crime by a long way could you imagine if the uh, Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast Committee took the same approach James <laughs> James would probably be in prison <laughs> <laughs> very good well, should we move on on that note anyway uh, well I suppose moving on from from probably the exact opposite, Rafa Nadal, you've been having a look at his swing. Yeah, actually it was cool. And I was, was going to mention later on the uh, Shot Center uh, did his golf swing on um, on actually might have been either Friday or Saturday night of the McLadry Classic. And Dennis Pugh did a fantastic piece of analysis. I've been trying to find it on Sky to to tweet to tweet it since, but anyway, they showed how he hits his backhands, and then they showed his golf swing and his position. Um, pretty much uh, when he gets through and finished his kind of at the impact and he's gone through and the same with the tennis swing they're absolutely identical but the thing that is absolutely disgusting and as I said I probably don't have a great golf swing but his backswing is horrendous and I was wondering I said geez he must be playing up 20 or 30 or something like this sort of handicap <laughs> it looks like a mix between Jim Furyk and Charles Barkley yeah. <laughs> oh, it was shocking yeah yeah it's hilarious yeah and, you couldn't believe when you told us his actual handicap. Yeah, he plays off three. I, I presume he hits the ball a mile. He's got, got great hand-eye coordination. I only had a quick look at it there. Is this where he has about a half a half back swing? Yeah, yeah. So but he must be losing 50 yards or something. Like it's but he must have the the, the fastest hand acceleration. Yeah, or a hand wrist action in the world if he's so good at tennis. And the funny thing is, his, his finish position is not terrible. Um, his finish position is not terrible at all. It's just it looks so yeah, awful. Yeah. Like there's no way if somebody you know if somebody showed you this video and you didn't know his handicap that you'd say this guy plays off less than five. No, no way. You play off eleven and something. I do. I play off slightly higher than that. Yeah. I would take an ugly backswing to play off three. Would you? Yes. Yeah. So. I think that probably says it all. Wow. Somebody <laughs> has a big Rafael Nadal crush. Yeah. Well, that's just. Out of curiosity, what I I saw. Norman creeping all over Je- uh, Jessica Alba there the other day. I've been I've been very much um, 
out of the golf world the last few days. What, what were they playing in? Pro-Am. Uh, for Mission Hills, I think it's um, it's it's a, for the one the BMW Masters this weekend this week in China. Oh, it's for this week, is it? Yeah, and Jess Galbraith's getting around as well. I think she was out with John Daly as well. Oh, for the first time, yeah, yeah. Paul Kidman was there, and Morgan Freeman, big 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 celebs. I'm sure the money has just been thrown at them to show up over in China. Yeah, just yeah, just Albert like someone who can hit a long way, apparently. Big oh. to John Daly. Yeah. She sounds like she's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> looking, at, looking at Alan here on Skype, just doing curls with his big dumbbells right now. You should probably, you should probably move on before I, I do a Ted Bishop here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the one who was meant to go to prison, wasn't I? <laughs> um, well, we will move on. Bubba Watson, I, I, I want to mention this only because uh, we give him a hard time, but there is a nice video up on uh, YouTube of him meeting um, his biggest fan, Tommy Morrison, Morrissey who's a three-year-old who has one hand and uh, he's a golfer and Bubba Watson is his idol and he met and there's a great video. It's only a few minutes long and he hits it a mile. Absolutely. Really good. Like he seemingly was straight down the middle as well and it just went for miles and miles. So uh, that puts us all in the halfpenny place. Um, That I think is the news if my memory and my notes are correct. So we'll move on then to the rules related question and Alan last week by um, basically just taking your attitude of going against everything that Barry said you've actually pulled it back to one so this is probably a big question this week in terms of where we are and Alan's about four to one on to tie tie it up at 22 all because uh, he's on he's got momentum it seems to be a very strong correlation to Barry's golf game as he kind of gets Towards the 18th hole, he starts to go into total meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if he continues that meltdown. Um, Hopefully. Jeremy's ball comes to rest in a bunker. Before making his stroke, he takes a practice swing in an adjacent bunker, touching the sand in the process. What is the ruling? Jeremy incurs a penalty of one stroke. Jeremy incurs a penalty of two strokes. Or C, there is no penalty. Barry, you are first. Uh, putting your head in your hands doesn't help. No, yeah. it doesn't at all. Um, Tony, you can see it, Alan. Bur- does Bur- anybody have a three-sided coin? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a penalty of one stroke. One stroke. Oh. Alan does not like that. It's definitely a penalty anyway. Oh, well, I, I like to think it is. I'm going to go with two strokes. So you're going B, two strokes. Do you definitely think it's a penalty? Well, is there a theory there, Bobby? You, you I, think it's, I think it might be no penalty, is my opinion. Don't yeah. change, Alan. He's messing with your head. Okay, well, or do change. Well, oh, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm well, not we, 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 and mess I'm only with jumping mess in with. on the assumption that he has finished his answer. <laughs> so you're saying A. Yeah. Alan's well, saying B. My, um, yeah, my history of answering questions would suggest that <laughs> me saying there's definitely a penalty means absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, uh oh. You've said C. Technically, just for the yeah, yeah, play yeah, along yeah, at home yeah, and this yeah, for yeah. a moment, uh, and the winner is secret option D. No, B. No, Jeremy and oh. two strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Touching the sand with the club when making a practice swing in a similar hazard constitutes testing oh, the condition course. of the sand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Barry is in free fall. So uh, I was right on the testing; I was just wrong on the number of strokes. Oh. Damn it. 
yeah, uh, you'd, you'd be disqualified either way. If of course, the case. of course, because he's he's testing the sand in a similar bunker, so he could be trying it out for a similar line. Uh, very good question. Well, that's twenty-two, twenty-two. You, you were you were about four feet ahead. I was probably. Stage. It may as well have been twelve. This is dreadful. Oh. You're still you're still due a double week. Is that on? Yeah, and, uh, and the double week's next week, and I get to go last as well, which is pretty important. Oh, oh that is a very good point. I'll have to make sure I really delve into the uh, I'm just ditching my white flag. <laughs> so sometimes the easy ones are the hardest yeah, ones. Yeah, that was a good question. That was a good question. Um, and we still haven't come to the 15th hole yet, Barry, either. My, uh, yeah, my friend uh, might try to fit my nemesis. <laughs> well, on that, top 200... We don't have the update. Somebody pointed out. Sacked. Somebody, <laughs> uh, mainly me. I actually left the update in work, but what I personal system didn't give it to you on time. Yeah, I had, a bit, I had a bit of a clangor. So what we'll <laughs> do is we'll post it up on Twitter tomorrow. Um, Matt Ward was in third last week, and he had Will McKenzie. So I think he might. I'm expecting him to shoot through the top. But what I'll do is uh, we'll post it up on Twitter. I'll, when I go in the morning, I will post it up and. Then we'll give the update then. I'd say Maddie's got it done himself already. I'd say he's done all the calculations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say your employers are delighted to know you're not working in the morning. Oh, well, I'm going to go in early <laughs> to do it. Oh, very of course, good. Of course. Ah. Good save. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on then, we'll have a look back at last week's events. And starting on the European Tour, the regular season events ended down in the Perth International with uh, Thornbjorn Ollison. Uh, won his second European Tour title with a three-shot victory over the Frenchman Victor de Brisson. After a couple of final day jitters, he got over the line, but I suppose really the story of the week of an event that wasn't really great timing for us in terms of this part of the world was David Drysdale had to, from Scotland, had to finish in the top 12 to retain his Tour card for next season and blew it out of the water by tying fourth. But a few players, Barry, have missed their tour card, and you were having a quick look at this. Yeah, well, specifically from the Irish angle, of course. Um, unfortunately, uh, Phelan, Thornton, Peter Laurie, and Gareth Maven all failed to retain their cards. However, there's a little bit more of a shine on Phelan and Maven's um, finishing spots as they get an automatic spot in the final stage of Q School, um, which is on next month. Um, so they get a chance to get their card back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it's a it's a learning experience for Phil, and he's a seriously talented golfer, and uh, hopefully, he just you know does well in Q school and gets straight back on tour. It was interesting for Peter Laurie as well because he obviously only squeezed in last year. Remember, mm. he had the same event, and then I remember when we were talking about it at the start of the year. He went off and did his swing changes. Remember, he changed coach and stuff. Yeah. So it obviously had the not or the undesired effect. Yeah. on his game I think his game has been pretty poor all year hasn't it uh, and he talked earlier on the year about how his life would basically be over if he didn't retain his tour card so I think it's going to be fairly going to be very, he's in a very difficult spot now he's just gone back to Q school it's just it's very difficult he actually I think he was quoted earlier in the year last year saying he'd never go back to tour school I wonder if he'll change his tune on that now he had a pretty, a pretty terrible year this year he didn't earn an awful lot of money and probably on the basis that they estimate it costs about ten thousand euro a month to stay on tour, he's probably lost money for the year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, tough year for him. Um, good news for Nike. Uh, their new Vapor Pro irons uh, have Torbjorn Olsen used them to get his win. So um, they'll be loving that for the, the Christmas market coming up. Yeah, 
Well, another person who's probably very delighted with himself is Robert Streb, who won the USPGA Tour event at the weekend in a three-player playoff with Will McKenzie and Brandon Dejongji. Dejong? Dejong, isn't it? Dejong? Brandon Dejong. I said that. Brandon Dejong, yeah. He's in Zimbabwe. He won at the second playoff hole after an incredible four-straight birdies from the 14th to the 17th got him into the playoff. He went back to the 18th and parred it again, knocking one of the players out, and he ended up birdieing the 17th with the part two, or a birdie two, uh, to take his first US PGA Tour victory. It was an event that, um, I think, Barry, you got some view of. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a weird weird part of the season, you know, the start of the, the, start of the FedEx Cup, the, the fields aren't high quality, yeah. all the big names are taking their time off, you know, because they can pick and choose their stuff, um, the one thing I will say, the, the players that were there said they love going to that place, it's like a little kind of holiday resort area, it's a stunning location where the golf course is, and um, it would be, be a nice one to pick up somewhere along your own life travels for a, a holiday. Well, talking about uh, beautiful resorts and people drooling over them, the Asian Pacific Amateur Championship, Bobby, was on at the weekend. Now, you probably spent most of it looking through a drooling um, babe, and that's not your newborn babies either. Um, No. Well, actually, she did play quite a big role because this uh, was on quite early in the morning, so uh, (laughs) she actually helped me get up and watch it. But actually, I, I didn't realize it was on early in the morning. I recorded earlier in the week because... I think Royal Melbourne is an absolutely fantastic uh, golf course, and mm. it's one of the best, one of the best in the world. And I think whenever you hear the Australian, really the leading golfers talking about it, they're always genuinely very excited about this course. And I thought it looked absolutely magnificent on TV. It's it was a really, stunning shape, wasn't it? Yeah, really. It's kind of re- links course. Like all the greens were really firm. Uh, you know, you can't fire at the pins and stuff like that. And there was actually a par three. I think it might have been the sixteenth or seventeenth. And the guys were all, it was about 190, 200, and they were all actually hitting the ball in about 10 yards short right, bouncing it onto the green, and then it went up the right hand side of the green and funneled all the way around to the flag. And it's kind of really how probably we play Lynx. Mm. I just thought it was amazing, and it was in great condition. And the winner was Antonio Murdaka. He he won by seven shots. It was a very impressive uh, display. And he is the first Australian winner of the event. And he, a bit like Guant, Guan Chan Lang, uh, who won it two years ago, he gets a spot in the Masters, and he gets a spot in the final qualifying for the Open Championship uh, in the home of golf. It's a serious prize, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think just going back on your Royal Melbourne point, I I, I was in Melbourne for a few weeks, about three years ago, and it's probably my one of my big golf regrets never getting to play, not getting to play the course. Yeah, as you say, Bob, it looks. It just looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think it's, you know, a lot of obviously courses that we have nowadays are very man-made. I think it's it's very natural golf course, you know, and there was guys coming out of bunkers and they couldn't stop it near the flag, but, you know, they missed the green mm-hmm. on the wrong side and that's it. And it just looked brilliant. I, I, I must say, I really enjoyed that. Really too. test for the amateurs then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. But actually, the only thing is, this actually wasn't the biggest tournament of the weekend, um, and I was very surprised this wasn't on uh, Sky Sports. The uh, on uh, at the seafront crazy golf course in Hazing in Hastings, the 2014 World Crazy Golf Championship. I saw I saw this on Golf Digest today. This was stunning. Yeah, it's actually got drama. Did, 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 did get news coverage and worthy news coverage because it was. Uh, 
right down to the wire on the 18th. I mean, these guys are sitting there. They've got, um, not yardage books, but green charts to map the greens and the breaks in the green. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, this is serious stuff. Well, when I thought, I actually wanted to go in and have a look at the course, because, you know, you always play crazy golf, but some of the courses aren't as like you might have seen in The Simpsons, but they're really kind of challenging windmills and everything. This has windmills, and it has actually properly designed, good, proper, tough holes, you know. And laughing clowns, and... Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. I think Hastings is the Augusta of crazy golf. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, do you know, actually, in my curiosity, I actually had a look and see what the winning score, so the format of the competition, and I can't believe we're talking about this, but anyway, the uh, the format of the competition was seven rounds, it's obviously 18 holes, I'm assuming it's par twos the whole way around. What do you think the winning score was? This is one of their majors, by the way. Is it? <laughs> it's major. <laughs> this is a major, yeah. The world. Is there anywhere close to Dublin that has, is hosting a major? Because that would be well worth us turning up with the podcast team to do a bit of commentary. Yeah, actually, that I had a quick look. It's all UK based, and they have the uh, there is I think it's the British Scratch Championship coming up soon or something like and that. Where's that out of Butlins? Uh, good question. <laughs> oh, we should do like a podcast crazy golf invitational in Dundrum or something over yeah, Christmas. Yeah. So anyway, what do you think the winning score? Seven rounds, 18 holes, obviously, in a round. I'm going to say 55 under. I'm going to say minus 30. I'm going to split the difference. I'll take 42 and a half. Well, they genuinely, right, and I'm not joking here, they genuinely said that scoring was difficult because of the weather conditions. (laughs) (laughs) And the winning score was minus 23. Wow! And there was actually some guys outside the top ten who were actually over par. And I was kind of, I was kind of thinking the world championships. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, I don't almost might give that a go. Do you oh, know? When you look at the video, and we must put it on the Twitter handle. I'm definitely going to put that the, up. The guy, the guys are dressed like itinerants. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the, some of the putting grips and stuff like this are hilarious. And then you see on the video. The guy's trying to line up his putt on the last green, and he's basically sitting in a bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically sitting in a bush trying to line it up. Like it's just mental. What was remarkable yeah, to me was get. that there were multiple cameras filming this. <laughs> it was not just one camera. Like there was multiple angles needed. I mean, it was very funny. And the guy takes the guy who finished third. I think he, he literally takes a minute. I say every time he's standing over a putt, it's like he's it's like he's wait. He has a putt to win the Masters. Yeah, it's uh, the kind of event that in golf you probably would see on Eurosport. You know, those really bad <laughs> events that they can't afford to compete with Sky Sports. They get like the crazy golf championship. And that, actually, the key video in it is one of the guys. He finished second. Now, I don't think it made a difference, but he had a putt from three feet at the last, yeah. rolled a dead center, and he walked in after it. And the ball went in and bounced out the far side. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know the only thing about that is that, in fairness, it gives the guys in the pitch and putt championship somebody to look down and laugh at. Well, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> so, and uh, the funny thing is that they have an order of merit as well, which I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's any Irish uh, crazy golf guys who've lost their card this year. <laughs> got a Q school, man. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was very funny. It was great. We'll post up the link to it and everyone can have a look at it, but uh, it's good fun. Uh, and to be honest, if I was ever in the vicinity of Hastings, I'd definitely go and play that course. Looks, yeah, it looks good. Well, a proper crazy golf course, yeah. like the ones you yeah. see in the movies that yeah, you exactly. wish we actually had around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was cool. Well, if anybody who is listening actually has taken part in this or knows of somebody who took part, they might get in touch with us at uh, our podcast. Uh, That's if they're not on the way PTA. over to Sweden to chop Alan down with an actor. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take a long time to get the caravan there. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, we better move on. Well, that was amateur, but I think we're going to even move to even further amateur status. Which is, is, this the, is this the first time we can actually say we're actually moving on to better golfers <laughs> for once? Well, well which one of the four is you're looking at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We were going to take 30 seconds just to have a look back for, for the end of the season uh, here in Ireland, certainly in Glen of the Downs anyway. Ended for us on Sunday. The the hour uh, was taken away from us, which means that we're now into the winter and the winter rules and twelve hole competitions and the season is over. And I suppose just from my own perspective, I was kind of looking back over the last couple of days about kind of where I was at the start of the season and where I ended up. And I suppose generally I was pretty happy with where I got to. Um, what did you start at the start of the season? I started at sixteen point four ish when I know fourteen point five. Okay, and. I would have been 14.4, but I was 32, 33 points, and I just missed the buffer, and then I went back to point point one, so I went back to 14.5. So I was happy enough. I've done a lot of work over the year, so I'm I'm, I'm happy enough. I know what I want to do over the, the, the winter. I'm just going to run out of time a little bit, because you were you know, playing playing pretty well recently, you know, this... Yeah, FedEx, just FedEx Cup uh, series time of year. Yeah, just probably never quite put it all together. Ultimately, um, you know, one week I was driving well, and then the next I wasn't, you know, putting well and things like that. But how close did you get to Barry James? Well, Barry came close to me, which probably says more about him <laughs> than I did. But uh, we were both on the slide, were we? I think yeah. Like I, I got down to the fourteen, and you were at thirteen yeah. one week. The worst, the worst I got back. to this year. I started at 11.6 and went on a horrendous slide, much like my uh, rules question form. Uh, I was out, went out as far as 12.5, and in the last uh, few weeks, kind of September and October, was it September October? Yeah, I had a couple of good tournaments, and I went from 10. Point, or sorry, down to 10.5, slid back one to 10.6, and I'm frozen at that now for the winter. So. Pretty good to finish the season a bit ahead of where I was, but I did my my goal was to get to single figures this year, and thus it must be counted as a fail. That's an epic failure, Barry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I have to agree with you. Um, Didn't even really close. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, we have to reassess and go go again next year. What's your handicap now? And you got down quite low this year, didn't you? Yeah, I started at 4.1 and then I have my standard. I don't think I've ever started a season where I haven't lost loads of point ones. I went out to 4.5 and then I got, I finished at 3.7. Okay, and that's where you are now. And you had a good, uh, you had a very jolly round of golf the other day, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, I actually fear for my golfing future because I'm in such a dark place with the game of golf. <laughs> I, uh, I just hate it at the moment. I had, uh, yeah, myself and my usual golf partner had our, we were in the final of the club four ball and we played it on Friday and we played probably the biggest load of turd you would ever see in your life. Better ball, so I'm off four, he's off nine and better ball, I think we were ten over. Oh god. We were four down after eight and we were dormy three down. And we actually got it down 19. Oh, wow. Uh, and then they made about a 10-footer on 19 to actually keep it going. Oh. And then we missed we missed a 5-footer on 20. Oh, and then we lost, we lost on 21. Oh, God. So, um, but, so I think maybe that, that might be contributing to my... Um, Severe negativity towards golf, but I just don't like it at the moment. Oh, I'm <laughs> so happy to throw, I nearly threw the clubs in the river on the way home. Yeah, I was just going to ask, are all your clubs intact? Like, no, didn't do any stencils <coughs> on them, like break them over the knee, you know? No, it was actually, I actually played so bad, I actually was past the point of actually <laughs> getting angry. 
But my, my big fear is like I actually have no interest in playing golf, and I only played eight counting events this year. Mm. But the only thing is you haven't you had you hadn't played a lot going into that match anyway. You know, no, I hadn't played in seven weeks going yeah, into that. Yeah. That's all. That no, that certainly didn't help. Maybe make my golf better if I don't so, play. Yeah. So when are you, when are you, when are you next going to touch your golf clubs other than moving them around your house to Hoover or whatever, for whatever reason? Like, April? well, I'm happy that I don't I, I don't have to cart the back of board from Sweden anymore. So I'd say I'd say realistically probably the new year. Okay, that's not too long. I might still you know, two month break. Any yeah. time out. I always do the same. I, I always uh, take a break, kind of usually from around this time of the year. Take off in November, December. I mean, I played on Saturday actually myself, and one of our our listeners played in the four balls, and we it was actually very windy, and we finished with thirty eight points. He actually birdied the last two, and we picked up third place, which was kind of good. But and um, the we were starting to get mud balls around the course, and we winter rules weren't quite in yet. And I think once that starts to happen, and the leaves are down, I'm like. No, and actually I went to hit balls last week uh, during the week and I actually just didn't even enjoy it. So I think when you start, starts to happen, it's like, grand. Because like if you're hitting balls, you've not, nothing really to target in the short term, you know. Win turkey vouchers, that's about it. Yeah, so yeah. I just said, oh, listen, I, I'm, I'm the same, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a break. But, uh, so yeah, what did you finish up on? Uh, I actually finished off 5.0. Uh, what start? And I started at 5.8. Okay, and, good, yeah, good. So uh, I suppose some of, some of the listeners will know um, I had a baby during the week. Well, I didn't have a start. Sorry, during the year, but I didn't quite have a baby. I was going to say, that's news to <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Including your wife. Baby yeah. way to get my golf swing groove back. <laughs> so I was expecting that to help my handicap, but no, it didn't. So I'm down five, and uh, my kind of my, my, my irons are starting to pick up as well. Kind of one thing I always look at is greens and regulations, and I kind of am between 55 and 60% in the last kind of five to 10, 10 events. So, uh, yes, that's it. So I was happy with that. So, target now next year maybe is trying to make the Junior Cup team a cart. Yes, that'd be the aim. So, would you need to get your handicap down lower, or is it just a case no. of playing well early season? I shot, I, I had a good round recently, and actually, the kind of manager was texting me going, Oh, be careful, you don't go down, down below 4.5. Um, so no, I think if I'm playing it, if I'm just if I'm playing mm. reasonably, like it's very competitive, a lot of very good golfers uh, in, in Carton House, but I think if I was kind of playing well, like I have been recently, like I'm kind of. I think in the last five rounds I've had four, in the last six rounds I've had five below 80 and four of those have been five over or better, so. I think that's, I that's, prime, that's a prime junior cup handicap, 5.0. Well that's what I'm kind of thinking, I'm hoping, and, and, uh, like if I can carry on, of course what'll happen is I come back in January and won't be able to hit it out of my way, so that's, that's the, and, yeah, that's the but point. at least you'll be eager. Like it's good to take a break from yeah, the games exactly. at times. You know, kind of builds the enthusiasm, the fire in the belly to actually yeah. want to go back yeah. out and practice yeah. and get the game going. And yeah, like it's not the wind. It's very. I know, I'm going to sound like a total soft bastard now, but it's so windy at the moment and it ruins your swing. Yeah, and after a full season of having a like we had another brilliant year of weather, I'm just like, no, this, mm. this is a good time to take a break. Come back in the crisp. I don't mind the cold. The crisp cold mornings in January would be nice. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue trying to win Christmas dinner in the weekly competitions. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the plan anyway. Well, it's, it's kind of this is a fun time of year as well. If you get a nice day, you're off the forward tees, the white tees for us. You know, yeah, the yeah. course is playing shorter, so you can, you know, you're hitting if you're driving the ball anyway, decent. Uh, you're hitting driver and short wedge into a lot of the holes, and it's kind of good fun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just pick the days that aren't too windy or too rainy. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, anybody planning on putting anything in their bag or? Like I, I've been given an early Christmas present from my fiance, who has uh, listened to me blathering on for quite a while <laughs> about this uh, golf swing analyzer that's on the Apple website, which 
just basically it's a sensor you put on your glove and mm. it, it links into an app and it shows your kind of your swing plane and your tempo and I kind of feel like I'm slightly like the poor Carrington of the group that likes all this information <laughs> I don't know way does it, does it show your swing on the phone does you yeah see? It, it basically when you it, it tracks your swing and it shows your plane yeah, completely yeah. and there's a 3D person and you can swing it around anyway so you can see the takeaway you can mm. see your, your transition and you can see the downswing oh. so and they, they give you what they they tell you on the, the app. You know, green is you're doing it right, or oh. orange, you're just a bit off, or red, you're way off. So mm-hmm. it will tell you, you know, if you're taking it too far out or too far in. But for me, it's more probably about tempo and timing as well, and it gives you kind of club head speed and things like that that won't mean anything to me. Yeah. But tempo, to me, is the most important. And when I've got good tempo... Hmm. I play really well, yeah. and when I'm just out of tempo, I just can't hit it for, for love yeah. nor money. Lots so. of club throws and club releases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah torso also. Tor- yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. no, that's, so I'm that's going to cool. do that, and I'm, I'm certainly, I think this year I, I looked at the long irons, so I think this winter I'm going to spend a lot of time hitting the, the, the short practice range and try and do a lot of chipping and putting from kind of 50 yards in. So that's my aim. Well, I just speaking of equipment. I last year the one thing I found was when I went out to four point five, I put the fat grip on my putter and I got rid of it, and I changed to one of the ping putters, and it revolutionised my game this year. It made a massive difference. Your putting so, stats, your putting stats went bananas, didn't they? You were knocking in mid twenties. Yeah, I started putting really. I put it really. I've been putting really well since I got it. Um, it's it's got a bit of. I actually can't remember the model of it, but. We can stick it up if anyone wants it. For anyone who struggles with their putting, it actually has a lot more weight than the putter. Yeah. And it's a really good one. It's a really good one to use. So I'd, that will never leave my bag again. And this from a man who really never stops giving out about his putting. So like th- this must be like the answer to all putting problems for anyone. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. I'll get, get, get the name of the model and we can stick it up. Send a tweet to our podcast GTS account and we can just retweet it so people will see it then. Perfect. Yeah. Out of curiosity, Alan, what what is your target for 2015 when you do actually get over your bipolar golf problem? It's <laughs> <laughs> not really bipolar, James, because it's actually a consistent hatred for the game. <laughs> it's a game that just keeps on taking and never gives. Um <laughs> I'd say my goal, because I'm at 3.7, my goal would be to try and get to 3. Um, my, my goal this year was to consolidate at 4. Um, so I've done that. So I think try and get to 3, that's really it. Um, apart from that, I'm not really overly interested in the team golf this year. I'm happy enough to take a, a break from that. So, um, And I'm probably not going to play. Like I only played eight, 8 competitions this year, so I'm not going to play enough to have a run at golf for the year or anything like that. So I'd say just try and get to 3. Cool. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, well, we'll have a look back, I suppose, this time next year and see if uh, we hit any of those targets, which we probably won't, but there you go. <laughs> and we'll pretend like we just shifted our targets to something else. There is one thing that's consistent across all four, is that we all, all our handicaps went down this year, even though we might not have hit our targets, we all improved this year. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. Um, yeah. good for the team. Yeah. High fives. I think, I think, I think it's actually doing the show has, do, has, has done it for us. Yeah, you know, exactly. the, the fear of failure in front yeah. of our listeners. Well, let's move very, very rapidly back to the professionals because I don't think anybody could listen to us talking about our amateur game any longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> the first of the Race to Dubai events take place this week. It's the BMW Masters, and 
this there's a few players. Rory's not playing in this, isn't that correct? No, R- Rory's off learning a script for his court case. And right. Stenson as well. His wife had a baby. Not him. He didn't have the baby. Stenson, <laughs> his wife had it. That's one you have in common with Henrik Stenson. <laughs> so the the current uh, outright betting leaders is uh, Justin Rose eight to one. Victor Dubrisson coming off his second place at fourteen to one. Jamie Donaldson eighteen to one. Brooks uh, Kepka. That's it, eighteen to one. Chris Kirk, eighteen to one, and then you kind of move out to the twenties and twenty fives. Has anybody had a look at this? Is anyone going to put a bet on? Has anybody got any idea what the listeners should be looking out for? Well, actually, now that you mention it, uh, remember I mentioned Mark Foster last week. I think he was about sixty-six to one. Yeah, he came third last yeah, week. Yeah, so picked up a place. He's actually eighty to one this week, and he's a yeah. bigger price. I was looking at him as well. He's the one that I think is the is he's off two top fives in a row. Yeah, I know you had him in one of your fantasy golf teams, Alan, so yeah, as well. So I think yeah. he's playing very well. He could be the kind of guy like he's in great form, and he needs. You know, he's the kind of guy who just needs to keep accumulating the money because he's been off form for a good while. Is he long enough? Do you know, I mean, this is a pretty long golf course. I mean, they can stretch it out to over seven thousand six hundred yards. And they're saying, I think they heard they're saying it's playing quite long. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, at eighty to one, I'd be willing to give him a go for a year. Not Well, they paying one to five places maybe this week. Yeah, one to five. That's, that's good in a limited field event. I have a question. Um, why are Garcia, Schwartzel, and Westwood? Playing in the PGA Tour event. Oh, they're taking t- Tiger's Tiger's appearance fees being spread out amongst yeah. the rest of them, maybe. And I know there was a big uh, fuss about the policy last year from the European Tour that uh, they had to play in two of the three I final events. I think that still applies. Does I it? Th- yeah, you can get special exemptions now for medical reasons or extenuating life circumstances, like a court case. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still think they want you to they want you to play two two of the three events leading up to the World Tour Championship. Okay. And rightly so, to be honest. Well, that's you know, there's, there's big money. There's big money on offer from the sponsors. The, the bonus prize pool is there as well. You know, they've, they've got a. They have to have a showcase. The European Tour do, for, and they they want to get the big players. So, are we expecting Garcia, Schwartz, and Westwood then to play the next, next week. two weeks? Next two weeks. Then? Oh yeah, next two weeks. I I would expect so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the only thing though is that I don't think McIlroy can be passed out in terms of within the big, the big prize, the big. Yeah. Bonus pot, so maybe that's probably turning the guys off. Also, Westwood owns Malaysia, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, uh, he won a European Tour event on this course where they're playing the PGA Tour event, and we should probably move on this. The CIMB Classic is on the Kuala Lumpur Golf and Country Club. So he won. They played the European Tour event there the last five years, the Malaysian Open, and he won it last year. So and Lee, Lee is sixteen to one, and I suppose just to give the the, the top of the betting, Sergio yeah. is ten to one, Billy Horschel is fourteen to one, Charles Schwartzel fourteen to one, Lee Westwood as to say sixteen to one, Matsuyama sixteen to one, Gary Woodland at twenty to one, and Patrick Reed at twenty to one, Jason Duffner twenty to one, and then kind of Paul Casey and the rest go out from there. Um, <clears throat> It's it's a strong enough field for for dragging them all the way to Malaysia. Um, is there any value in this this tournament, or are you just going to put all your money? Or in the famous words of somebody on this podcast, once I'm going to fill my boots with Lee Westwood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have a bet on the CIMB. Uh, I think I think Alan probably makes a good point. Westwood probably is is probably worth looking at, but. It's going to follow Fuzzy again this week, just D- back in the European Tour. This is a. I was looking at this course earlier. It looks beautiful. Um, 
It's a short course. Uh, look, undulating fairways. I think somebody who kind of is very accurate off the tee is going to set themselves up well this week. And yeah. somebody who plays smart, like you don't need to be smashing drivers out there 320, 330 this week. Um, yeah. So it'll be, although it should be noted, there is an 80% chance of rain every day this week. I'd say there's going to be delays all over the place. Oh, there's thunderstorms, the works, humid conditions. So uh, it's going to be, it's probably a good thing we're not going to be watching this live. Excellent. Because it would drive us nuts at all the delays. I think we said it a few weeks ago. I think these are the events, and we've been, I suppose, proven correct as well. These are the events where you kind of pick the long odds. Uh, like, there's all the long odds players are winning. It's it's really where the big boys just fill their pockets or line their pockets kind of in these few weeks, and they're not mm. massively bothered or as, as bothered as they usually would be. Well, eighty to one, Morgan Hoffman. That's going to be my. Outside that's, tip. That sounds reasonable. The only thing I would say is, do you ever not ever notice though that, it, and I, I haven't done any analysis to back this up, that between, <laughs> Should between I break a habit of a lifetime, <laughs> yeah. between now and December, a lot of the big boys seem to win all the tournaments. Do you remember last year when Rory and Scott went to head to head? The two of them were in the top two. Now maybe the CIMB is a bit of a deeper field, <clears> but that. Yeah, I think that's field quality. Like that was in Australia where they're playing yeah. against a pack of, uh, a load of hackers. <laughs> Just like they're playing against teaming up against us, you know. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I think like I think when you get to a field like that, like those two guys probably went off at about five to two for those events or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when you get to those kind of fields, yeah, you probably pop yeah, back the guys. Yeah. But like something like this, I would think you know, there's got to be value down at the eighties and the hundreds. Yeah, I mean, there's no favourite shown up really well so far this year on the the PGA Tour or, or the European mm-hmm. Tour. So um, I'm, w- with that in mind, we're going to stick to that long one. I'm going to pick David Lingmert, who had a nice week last week, who's playing mm-hmm. playing well, and um, see how he gets on out in Kuala Lumpur. Cool, very good. We'll keep an eye on those anyway. Well, this day next week we'll know who's won all of those events and we'll be looking back rather than looking forward. So um, that probably just leaves me to say very much a thank you to, to the lads here with me talking about golf. Most importantly, thank you to the podcast listeners. Please get onto iTunes, give us a rating, tweet us, let us know what you think and try and tell your friends about us as well. So thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye, yeah? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.